Hello, Blackhawks fans, and welcome into the Four Feathers postgame show. I'm Johnny Nani. Tony Marchese joining me today. We got to take this one in together. A 2-1 Blackhawks overtime winner on a Super Sunday, Mr. Marchese. It is a Super Sunday. Johnny Crackham to a Blackhawks win right there. Uh, always great when we get to, you know, enjoy the game, a few beverages, and uh, and watch a Blackhawks winner. I think this is our first of the year that we've gotten to watch together in person for a win. Um, feels good, doesn't it? Oh, it feels absolutely great. Uh, not, you know, first one that you and I have taken in together as a win and the Blackhawks' first road win. Malcolm Subban's first win in over a year in goal. Uh, we got a lot to get to. But a lot of firsts. Before, yeah, a lot of firsts. Uh, so it's it's good. It'll be a fun one today. Uh, before we get into the game, make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can go and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you enjoy the podcast, please go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you prefer to listen. So, Don, uh, let's get in with initial thoughts. Let's hear uh, what you had to think overall uh, about this winner today. Initial thoughts to me, uh, they took what they did in their last game and carried it forward. We talked a lot about the resilience, the weathering the storm. Uh, they jumped out in the first period. Very, very reminiscent of what we watched in the last game, Johnny. Uh, just a lot of pressure, a lot of shots. Um, it, it, Malcolm Subban, though, stood on his head at times during today. And I think that uh, this this could be that Malcolm Subban game we're talking about. Really kind of upset that he didn't get the shutout, but mm-hmm. also good to see uh, the Hawks actually come out on top in OT. Yeah, and, and the goal that he gave up, it was kind of, you know, it was his mistake, but uh, it was a little bit of a weird play, and we'll get to that, uh, how it comes down to the star scoring uh, on Subban not getting the uh, shutout here today. But, hey, uh, my biggest takeaway, Tony, is the cat bounce back season is in full effect. Uh, this guy's been lighting it up ever since he returned from the COVID list. Uh, he was doing pretty well before that, too, yep. uh, but he comes back, has the Blackhawks two tally, in this game, um, obviously a power play one and the overtime winner. Um, it's pretty pretty evenly matched contest throughout. Um, so you know, uh, Dell Stars are a good team. Uh, that is a big win for the Blackhawks. Like I mentioned, their first road win of the season. Good to get that one in. Uh, I think that gives them a little pep in their step uh, going forward. I would say. And uh, my other thought is uh, they're better in the breakout. Um, mm-hmm. They just cleaner exits, uh, finding where their support is, making a little bit shorter passes. Uh, you talk about you know the system that is in place there, and it looked out of whack to start the season, but I like the growth uh, that has been shown um, for these guys helping each other out, and uh, it's just limiting chances then for the other team. So uh, those are my biggest takeaways. Let's get in really quick. I know uh, it's Super Bowl weekend, so everybody's got other things on the mind. We'll make this one quick here. Um, you know, no, no scoring in the first period here. Um, there were a couple opportunities um, with penalties. You know, the Stars had one uh, with a Murphy interference penalty, a Dickinson tripping penalty, uh, but the Hawks could not convert early in this one. Um, But overall, in this first period, especially at even strength, uh, the Blackhawks kind of dictating the terms uh, a little bit, and you saw that in the shot disparities, uh, some of the possession numbers there. So like you said, um, it it was good to see the jump carry over from uh, Thursday night's game against Carolina. Yeah, uh, definitely good to see. Uh, And that was one of the keys that we kind of talked about on the last show, Johnny, is uh, you like that pace of play. You like the Hawks controlling possession early, uh, taking a lot of shots, and and just making themselves known. They didn't kind of fall back into what what we normally see in the second period, and we might get into a little bit of that too here. But um, 
it, it was good to see them come out with energy. They didn't look lagged. They didn't mm-hmm. look tired. Uh, just a lot of good uh, good hockey play uh, from the Hawks early on. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the biggest concerns for me, at least, I don't know about you, whenever you have a matinee game, at least for the Blackhawks, it seems like mm-hmm. there's always the chance of it being a letdown, being a little bit of a lazy start. That wasn't the case today. Uh, they got out and they were on the forecheck early. They were the ones, I think it was 6-1 to one, uh, at one point in shots on net. And Dallas would respond later in the period, uh, but Malcolm Subban stood tall. So uh, not, not a whole lot else to get to in the first period besides uh, Brandon Hagel just being noticeable in general. Um, yep. He was our cool and tough player of the game uh, uh, last time out. And, uh, you know, it just the chances that he generates, one of these is eventually going to go in. One of them is. And I like what you said there about the – the, the Sunday matinee game, Johnny, because I can't remember the last time I saw the Blackhawks come out on one of these and look good. I mean, we, we can go back to some of the winter classics in mm-hmm. particular. Yep. We can go back to pretty much every Sunday that you go there that's not one of those great 6 o'clock starts <laughs> at the UC, and you get kind of a half-assed version of the Blackhawks. You didn't see that today, and that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as we roll on into the second period here, um, you know, Soderberg had taken a tripping penalty at the very end of the first period, just two seconds left to be exact, and I'd said to Tony, uh, that he should have stayed in the box uh, all intermission instead of going back to the locker room with the boys uh, just because of the timing of the penalty, and it was just egregious. You heard him on the intermission report on NBC Sports Chicago talking about it, but uh, luckily that did not come back to bite the Blackhawks in the ass. Um, Subban made a couple of nice stops at the very beginning of this period. As I mentioned, Dallas on the power play. Blackhawks eventually killed it off, um, and then we got our first Blackhawks fight of the year here, Tony. Uh, Nikita Zadorov and Jamie Benn, take it away. Hey, Hockey fights, Johnny, as we like to say here, are cool and tough. There's no better bout uh, than a bout that's had on skates, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Uh, Zadorov got his shit kicked in, though. Yes, Just he absolutely shit rocked in, in that fight. Uh, Ben's a, I mean, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. So is Zadorov, but. Uh, just... He, he looked kind of, in my opinion, like he never really got his footing in this fight. Uh, wasn't able to get really anything solid onto Ben. Ben clocked him a few times, and the, there was a nasty uppercut in there that uh, that landed on Zadorov. I'm surprised that Zadorov didn't go down. Uh, so a little bit of credit there for staying up. The refs eventually break this one up um, at the end of it as they kind of get tangled up at the boards. Uh, perfect timing as we're watching the uh, the postgame show here and we're getting the fight <laughs> right in front of us uh, for everybody. Uh, Zadorov does just miss, though, uh, with a with a massive hook uh, that kind of connects with the back of, of Ben's helmet. Uh, not a lot of contact there, though, on it. But uh, very powerful men fighting right there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the biggest boys on the ice. No, 100%. I mean, Zadorov's massive. Uh, we talked about it just at the beginning of the game, just looking at him. Because uh, he did have, you know, as for Zadorov, this will probably be get talked about the most because, yes, like you said, he got a shit kicked in in this fight. But uh, overall, though, he had himself a much better game uh, than we've seen in the past few outings from him, uh, doing a better job of clearing pucks and whatnot. But uh, as for this fight, I said hockey fights. There better not be one single vote for Zadorov because Ben clearly won it. But I saw a little commentary from the uh, you know Blackhawks Twitter peanut gallery that uh, – you know, uh, Zadorov just lost to a skilled player in a fight. Well, you could view it as that. Sure, he did when you're looking at the result of the fight itself. But he also took one of the scar- star's best skilled players off the ice for five minutes with him. Yeah, you know what? Anytime you're going to get uh, a guy like Ben uh, to sit in the box for five minutes, 
doesn't matter. I think that there's a, there's a momentum boost for the Hawks right there in and of itself. You, I mean, that would be the equivalent, Johnny, and we don't see Patrick Kane fight a very lot. Uh, that would be the equivalent of taking uh, kind of like a Patrick Kane, your star player, off the ice for yeah, just right. a little while, or, or, or even a Jonathan and, Taves when, when he's in the lineup. Uh, if you can get a scoring threat or somebody that makes a lot of noise on the ice, I mean, this is a top-line guy. Uh, five minutes in the box, that, that can open things up a little bit for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's a different story. There are different builds of players there. Obviously, Jamie Ben known for being a very rugged style of play. But, hey, like you said, uh, he is a scoring threat no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. He's their captain. He, yep. he leads the Dallas Stars. So, uh, sure, whatever message sent, momentum you could say in Dallas's favor after that. But either way, uh, like you said, Ben off the ice for five minutes along with Zadorov, who, you know, you, you can deal with that mm-hmm. as the Blackhawks here. So, as we move on, uh, Subban with a couple nice saves uh, through the middle of this period here. Um, and then Dowling takes an interference penalty at the 11-18 mark, and this is where the scoring would open up. Um, a little bit of broken play to start the power play, but the Blackhawks eventually got themselves set in the zone, and uh, Dylan Strom got it right along the doorstep, has that great vision, like I always like to talk about, and he finds his brinket on the back door who buries it and gives the Hawks the lead 1-0 in this one. Hey, back to uh, what works here for Strom and Dabrinkit. Um, good to see them getting going on the power play. Uh, and that's been somewhat of a positive. It's weird to talk about, Johnny. It's really weird to talk about yeah. positives in the Blackhawks power play because for the longest time, I mean, we can go back to, you know, even the shit, uh, what, what, what is it? The shit co yeah, patrol, shit show, shit, shit show, petroleum power play, all the, all the different things that, uh, you could call this thing for the longest time. And it just feels like right now, at least for me watching Blackhawks games, Johnny, when we're on the power play, it actually feels like we have an advantage right now. Yeah. That's, that's weird to think. It is very weird to think. I was texting with one of my buddies and he said, you know, uh, is it weird that I'm still like surprised when we score on the power play? And I said, no, they had a little bit of a drought after they started the season super hot, but now they're hot again. So no, I'm not surprised anymore. And it's excellent to see nice when you can rely on a strength like that, especially when you're depleted with injuries and COVID absences. I mean, so. I remember times, Johnny, where we were sitting here asking if we can decline the yes, power play. Yeah, they, and not they, not too far in the past. No, exactly. So good to see. Absolutely. Let's move on. Uh, Stars almost tie this one up uh, with about 150 left. Uh, Miro Heiskanen fires a shot in from the point, uh, hits off the post, and then off of Subban's back. Uh, but Connor Murphy, what an excellent play to clear this thing out of the crease with his hand. Didn't cover it up completely, so he didn't get a penalty. That would have given them a penalty shot, as Conroy mentioned on the broadcast. Uh, but he gets to the corner. Uh, crisis averted there. Let's let's talk a little bit about Connor Murphy's hockey IQ, Johnny, mm-hmm. because I think that that's something that we've, I mean, we've kind of touched on before. But just to make a play like this, the, the defensive awareness that you have to have in order to make this play is, is just nothing short of incredible. Um, really actually pretty much saves the game right here. This is a big momentum play for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keeps uh, Dallas out of the net, um, lets you ride with the lead a little bit longer. Uh, I think if you if, if you go back and you have a different result there, this is a much different hockey game. So cool I, and tough play. I would agree 100%. I mean, we've talked about, me and Ron had this conversation maybe three, four post games back. Is Connor Murphy the number one defenseman now? I would still give the edge to Duncan Keith, and I've said that. I'll stand by that for a little while here. But hey, uh, stuff like that from Murphy is what you're talking about when you're getting him up into that threshold, uh, along with Duncan Keith talking about who is the Blackhawks' true number one D-man. So a- excellent play from Murphy there uh, to help his goaltender out. And then, um, you know, you-, you talk about this helping 
letting the Hawks keep the lead and play with it for a little bit longer and a big momentum shift in this game. Um, because, yeah, the Stars were coming there, and they were coming for most of the second period. Uh, they, they had the better of the chances in the second period when we were talking five-on-five five play. Obviously, the Blackhawks uh, lone goal in the second period came on the power play, so uh, that's big uh, in the grand scheme of things as we get to uh, bottom to the end of this thing. All right, um, let's move on to the third period. Um, you know, Subban, uh, once again, holding strong early on, and then uh, there was just a weird sequence. I guess weird isn't the word to describe because these guys have been playing so well this season, but uh, the fourth line, uh, they were able to execute a shift um, uh, using some help from their defensemen, DeHaan and Murphy, pinching in, but the Blackhawks were able to change almost twice, full way through, while the Stars were still gassed on the ice. Yep, and, and you wanted to see the Blackhawks score here. I think this this was their best opportunity that they had uh, just in the third period overall. Uh, you don't see uh, you know two-minute shifts in the NHL, that's just not something that happens. Uh, when you got guys trapped out there, you need to be able to execute. I was a little disappointed, but there is one thing that I said during the game, Johnny, uh, that those things do have consequences down the road for teams that get guys tied up in two-minute shifts. Sometimes you're going to have to skip a shift for a guy just to get their feet back under them. I mean, two minutes is a very long time to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this was a momentum-generating time for, for the Blackhawks. They had all the control. Uh, for a good solid, it felt like three or four minutes. Uh, even though Dallas did come back down in their zone, uh, they were able to get back over um, and just continue to generate some scoring chances, but uh, just upset that they didn't get one in there. Yeah, you want to see those guys get reward, especially the fourth-line guys, because they're not the flashiest. Um, you you want to see them get reward for hard work and get a greasy goal, a yep. deflection or a you know, uh, um, tip-in or a rebound chance that just gets buried. But um, that, that wasn't the case. But um, you know, luckily for the Blackhawks, uh, that, that would not um, be kind of like the um, X factor in this game. Yep. Um, I need to give some credit to the Blackhawks' penalty kill. Uh, held, the, held the Stars, who were the best in the league, coming into this one, um, 0 for 3 to date. So uh, this was at a Yanmark tripping penalty at the 726 mark of the uh, third period, you know, against his former team. Kind of a bullshit call. A guy was already going down as he's trying to chase the puck behind the net. But either way, uh, Blackhawks get the job done, uh, kill it off. Um, Some good exits by, once again, uh, Nikita Zadorov, Connor Murphy, um, uh, both of those guys uh, really nutting up on the power, uh, excuse me, on the penalty kill. So um, that was nice to see. Um, Stars did, though, even the game just after this penalty expired. Uh, and it was Miro Heiskinen, once again, uh, one of these active defensemen. Uh, expect to hear that name you know, a lot today, and then again in our post-game show coming up on Tuesday. Uh, but he gets one from the point through. Uh, Subban has it in his glove, but uh, Robertson is coming across the crease, um, and as it's falling out of Subban's glove, it deflects in off of Robertson and in, uh, it ties this thing at 1-1. Yeah, you hate to see that. Uh, you just, there's really no other way to put it because, um, you know, maybe I jinxed it saying that this was the Subban game. <laughs> you did. Um, you jinxed it. You know, I did, I did during the game, and you gave me some shit for that, and well-deserved. But, um, you know, you just you don't like seeing a guy who's standing on his head um, just, you know, give that one up, especially after we're talking about the, you know, just sustained pressure that the Blackhawks mm-hmm. had for – for that period of time here, um, it, it left you feeling kind of like, oh, shit, here we go again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, that, that is, you know, when they scored, especially at that time in the game, uh, in the middle of the third period, you think, oh, man, now they got the momentum. Yep. They're going to be the ones pressing. But when you go back and look at this thing, uh, the Blackhawks, they had the possession advantage at 5-on-5 five five here in the third period. So that's another point that I just want to hammer home here. Um, a good start, sure, a little bit of a lapse in the middle. Stars came rushing back on them, uh, especially at even strength. But the Blackhawks were the ones dictating the play. They were the hungrier team in the hey. third period, which I think Jeremy Carlton deserves some credit for. So we talk about weathering the storm a lot, right? There really wasn't a storm here. Because if you, if I look at weathering the storm, Johnny, I'm talking about a, a team that's making a push and you can actually see some identifiable Corsi numbers that show that, th- that there is a storm here. You have to be able to sustain uh, and, and batten down the hatches, lock it down, and, and just, just weather that until you can take control of the puck again mm-hmm. and, and have some pressure on the other end of the ice. The Blackhawks were able to, to to not even have to get through a storm here. They give up the goal, but there really wasn't a break in the in mm-hmm. the actual momentum of the game, which is so important here because a lot of teams will fold. I like how you go back to uh, the credit that you have to give Jeremy Colleton there because that's a mentality thing. That's a mentality you have instilled on the bench, in the players, how they're actually performing on the ice. Just keep going here because what we're doing is working. Don't break from our strategy mm-hmm. and continue on. And lo and behold, here we are. Yeah, absolutely. And Colleton deserves the credit for the strategy and the you know the pushing those guys to do that. But then also uh, all of the forwards and uh, the defensemen that help make this thing happen. And even uh, Malcolm Subban. Yeah, and they they deserve the credit though because the forwards you know it's kind of a mentality shift in uh, oh are we going to be reserved and just stay in our lanes here or are we going to go out and win these battles? Are we you know not going to let them get anything easy in the offensive zone. So I always talk about the forwards coming back down and helping out, especially in the defensive zone. That is a huge reason why you saw what happened in the first four games of the season through the improvements they've made now. So, so one one thing I've noticed too, Johnny, is, is the puck battles. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think two or three years ago, and I don't know if it's the the youngness on this team. I don't know if it's just you've got a good mix of guys. You've got guys like Hagel who are going balls to the wall, Highmore, uh, some of these younger, more role players, yeah. Kershev. You see these guys going and winning puck battles, whereas we saw with some of the older veteran Hawks teams where it was more a finesse style of play. If they weren't able to get in and set up uh, the cycle, uh, you, you saw them kind of fold. We're seeing pucks being chipped in. We're seeing guys going to corners. We're seeing guys in front of the net. We're seeing a different style of Blackhawks hockey that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, I don't know if you've had those same observations. I, I, I don't know if it's the young blood here, what it is, I, but there is a different tone. And I think there's combination at play. And like I said, Jeremy Collin deserves credit for dictating. You know, you heard Patrick Kane's quote in the post game the other day. Jeremy wants the hard work. He wants guys winning battles, and he's ah, that's something I can improve at too. But you know, it, it comes down to both mentality and execution because those guys got to go in and do it. You know, you could preach it all you want, but if they don't go and Philip Kershev, Brandon Hagel, digging out those pucks, making it hard on Dallas's defenseman. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. So it's a combination of both. Don't want to go over the moon about Jeremy right. Collin, but you can see improvements being made, and that's you know an encouraging sign. It's, it's a style play thing, and I think that they've got a good mix of it right now. I, if I'd be lying right now, Johnny, if I if I said that I I thought the Hawks were going to look this put together at this point in the season against an opponent 
like the Dallas Stars. I would agree with you uh, totally there. I thought it would be much more discombobulated, especially after what we saw last year. Um, you know, the scoring chances were a plenty. Uh, they let up the most per game of anyone. Uh, you saw Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford having to stand on their heads, um, not letting that happen as much in waves uh, this season. So um, overall, excellent to see you there. Well, let's get back into kind of the timeline here of this game. Uh, Blackhawks had another power play opportunity, thought this might be where they could cash in and take you know, this game for good. Uh, Dickinson took a slashing penalty on to bring it at the 1420 mark. Um, Suter had one through the crease, just deflected through. Looked like he was trying to bake it off of Ottinger. Uh, that wouldn't go though. Uh, went, you know, all the way through, um, past the goal. And then, uh, Kane had a nice little shot as he was coming downhill, but, uh, nothing else much going on that. Really needed play. that one. Yeah. Really you, you, you needed, needed, needed that, that for one. your Kane, uh, anytime goal scorer. Really needed but, that one. Yeah. If, um, and, and if you follow along here, that's my, that's my favorite bet. And, that's, and I'll talk a little bit about that after after this. Yeah, absolutely. Time. So that, that, that was it, though. That, that was about the last good chances. You know, Shaw had, had a, a jamming chance out front when there was some traffic that DeHaan had kept one in, and it was sent from a weird angle. But either way, Stars able to clear that out of their crease. Odden Drew stands tall uh, on any tips in there. So uh, we go to overtime, and uh, you got to give Malcolm Subban credit in this overtime. I know what we're about to talk about is going to get all of the uh, highlights and airtime, but uh, you got to give Malcolm Subban credit. Uh, he made a nice toe save on Ben, and then also a little glove save too. Um, Kubli came in. Nice to see him drive the net, and he put a backhand chance on Ottinger, and it didn't result in anything, but that's good to see. Uh, it maybe kind of dictates that there's a little bit more of a uh, structured approach going on in overtime and just bull rushing the net like we saw the Nashville Predators do to us uh, just a couple weeks back. Uh, exactly the last game that Subban started, to be honest with you. Um, that's what it was. But then, uh, man, the, the, the flash came up in the end, and uh, Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit, Cat has it coming in, circling through the neutral zone, uh, comes in with speed, gives it off to Kane along the left-wing boards. Uh, Kane fires it back at him the only way that only Patrick Kane can. Uh, it was on the ice, low, Cat, all he has to do, keep a stick on, elevate it, boom. Hawks win two to one. So cool to see Johnny, and and for the torture that we've had in overtime so far this season, um, you know, I, I felt like this one was going to be bound for the shootout. Didn't really want to watch Malcolm Subban and his efforts go to uh, go to waste in the shootout because I felt like that was the script that we were about to watch, mm. um, especially with how we performed so far. But man, Alex DeBrinket, let's just talk about. Uh, just how much he means to this team right now, uh, especially scoring this goal uh, and what he's done so far since he came back from the COVID-19 protocol list. Uh, shots on goal tonight, seven shots, Johnny. I mean, this guy, he is just generating scoring chances left and right. He's in the right spots. Uh, you, what, you saw him have a down year last year, but what, what did I tell you? What did I tell where you? Where is it? He got unlucky last year, very much so. And there were other factors that contributed to it. But, hey, this guy got unlucky, flat out. When you talk about going from a 41-goal score to, what do you have, like 18 last year, um, there was just something he was getting robbed, so some good goalie play against him. And uh, they just weren't finding the back of the net. Well, guess what? Put seven shots on Golden Knight, two of them go in. You know, granted that one was a power play, great setup by Strom, and then the overtime winner uh, was a tap-in. All he had to do was put the stick on the ice, elevate it, and there you go. Great feed from Patrick Kane. But, hey, I think this is the hockey gods evening things out for last year's uh, struggles. I also, you know, I also, lack of production. I think it's also ripe for tinfoil hat theories as to what was wrong with Alex Dabrinkit last year. And I feel like that could be a whole podcast in and of itself, so I'm yeah. not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But uh, you're seeing... 
Alex Dabrinkit play the way you expect Alex Dabrinkit to play right now, and that's putting points up on the score sheet. Uh, my one takeaway from this is uh, I know I gave the, the the gambling advice. Patrick Kane, anytime goal scorer. Alex Dabrinkit is getting close mm-hmm. to that point where that's almost a play that you can make almost every game too because yeah, he's all lot, over yeah. the score sheet right now. If you're going to ride the hot hand, uh, I think a name – uh, that you're you're looking at if you're if you're placing some wagers is Alex to break it right now. Yeah, I would. I mean that it's is he's heating up. The cat is heating up, and that um, is a beautiful sign for the Blackhawks. It's what they need with all these absences they have, and for Alex to break it uh, being showing that he's worth the money that they're paying him. Yeah, uh, because it's a big contract. Let's be honest, that is a big hefty chunk of it. So a big hefty chunk of your scoring production should be coming from that guy making that much money. You anyway, need, you need love, him to be valuable. Love to see it. We called it on the uh, preseason show, uh, our season preview, and uh, it's happening. So the cat bounce back season's in full effect and uh, on full display uh, on the Super Sunday, Tony. So um, Don't say we didn't tell you. Yeah, don't say we didn't tell you. All right, let's get in. We need a cool and tough player of the game. We established this last time. Brandon Hagel was the uh, inaugural recipient of this. We had some debate about who this could be tonight, Tony. So I want to hear your take on it and who it should be, and I'll see if I agree with you. I'm going to come off the wall here. I'm going to come off the wall here. Uh, I I talked a little bit about uh, Zadorov being the the cool and tough player because hockey fights are cool and tough, as we know here on Four Feathers Podcast. That is one of the coolest and toughest things. Uh, But I think the fight didn't really go in a cool and tough way for him. Mm. I'm going Connor Murphy. Uh, that's my cool and tough player of the game because, as I mentioned earlier, the hockey IQ to clear that puck, a cool and tough player somebody who does something that you may not really see, but it was cool and tough. I'm going Connor Murphy because I, I really do believe if Dallas puts one on the board there, uh, you, the whole tone of this game could change, um, and you could see the Blackhawks in just a different, uh, in a different third period. I, I really love that, and that clear was so huge, too. So I really do love that, and I will give Connor Murphy some points there. And he also had a shot that uh, broke Jake Ottinger's mask. So that also is That really is cool also a cool top. So that, that, that very much so. Um, you give it to Murphy. But, hey, this guy doesn't get very many opportunities. It's hard coming off cold off the bench like this, especially when you got a hot hand in net. I'm going to go with Malcolm Subban. Hey, the reason that I'm uh, saying that, sure, the one goal they let up may be a little lame and weak uh, because it was kind of his own fumbling that led to that, but he made plenty of saves that I did not expect him to make. Yeah. And the ones that you look at and you say, oh, that's a Kevin Lankinen save. Oh, wait, no, guess what? That's Malcolm Subban or not, not Lankinen. Uh, he, he was perfect on the power play, 5-5 five for five on those shots. Only let up the one, as we mentioned, 30 uh, 31, good for a 968 save percentage, uh, just below 69. Nice. So uh, I'll go with him. Cool and tough player of the game. Uh, I think we can have splits on these because both were deserving tonight. Yep. And, you know, the thing is, w- with that award, uh, you know, sure, Alex Dabrinkit may be your first star, but this is different. Just so you know, the cool and tough um, player of the game. And I, I think somebody that, who made a difference. I, I think I think a split tonight uh, is worthwhile here uh, on the Super Sunday. Both uh, were super in their cool and tough displays this evening. So let's get in. Uh, next game is Tuesday against these same Dallas Stars, February 9th, 
7.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, Blackhawks are now 5-4-4. Four, and four. Hey, I said, you know, over 500, but no, that, you know, those last two columns add up, so they are still below technically. But, hey, nice to see that uh, first column come over the second one in uh, wins to outright losses. Uh, Stars now 5-2-2 two, and two after this one, so they're still a hot team. Um, you, you know, they, they had some good momentum coming into this one. Nice to squash that in the bud um, here. So, um, you know, Anton Kudobin was their original. He's kind of their number one guy in net. He broke some team rules. Don't know the full details on it, whatever. He was a healthy scratch today. They had someone else as a backup, obviously Ottinger. Uh, he and Kudobin had kind of been splitting the net before for Dallas um, leading up to this game. But, um, you know, Kudobin broke those rules, whatever they were. Don't know if he's going to be out tonight or, excuse me, on Tuesday. He was a healthy scratch today. Um, we'll have to see what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Jake Ottinger back in there. But um, just stay tuned. Four Feathers Pod Twitter account, and we'll uh, retweet any updates as they come in from the Dallas Star side of things. So, um, a- any notes on the preview? And if not, uh, just get to your stick to click. Who's getting it done? Some notes. Some notes on the preview. Re- preview real quick here, Johnny. Uh, I-, I like the. I'm, I'm counting this team over 500, just like you are, or you thought for a minute there. Yeah. It's nice to see the uh, the. I like to add the the wins. And the overtime losses together because I can't, those are points. Those mm-hmm. are points right there. Yeah. If you've got if you've got more of those than you have losses, uh, your team's doing something somewhat right. Uh, so I'll take that. It's good to see uh, more in the win column than the actual loss column as well. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's it's visually. Pleasing. It's visually, yeah. It's visually a- a- pleasing. aesthetically pleasing. It's yes. So just my Chell record normally looks like this, <laughs> some, somewhere around there. Uh, so I've got to say, like, I, I count myself as somewhat decent at Chell, and when I've got more wins than losses, doesn't matter how many overtime losses I've had. Yeah, uh, there you I, go. I just write that off. Still it's, points. It's so. Still points. So uh, I agree with that one. Uh, stick to click for the next game, man. Uh, Hagel, I have to do it. Have to do it because, like we said, at one point, one of those one of those drives to the net, uh, he's gonna get he's gonna get the puck luck that he needs. It's going to the back of the net. Um, I, I I think he's dangerous, man, and I think that there's gonna be an opportunity for him. Kid skates hard. Good things are gonna happen. Brandon Hagel is dangerous. I love that word to describe him. He will absolutely get rewarded at some point. Don't know if it's going to be next game. Either way, can't take it since you did. Um, I'm going to go uh, to the back end and your cool and tough player of the game, Mr. Connor Murphy. He let an absolute ripper go uh, tonight. And, you know, it's really weird because I like to go a little bit off the wall with these. And it's easy to just pound the forwards, you know, just pound mm-hmm. the cane to bring it, Strom, whatever. Those guys are pretty much bound to get points. But, um, you know, D, D is activated a little bit more and they're helping out uh, coming into the play and uh, I, I just like the setups that come because some of these forwards with how hard they're working on the opponent's defenseman can draw some of that attention away so you let a shot come back uh, you know you, you drop one back from the point and uh, Connor Murphy can unload it so uh, I'm gonna go with him he saw a little bit of a tiny scoring touch in the postseason last year with him um, I, I just got a random feeling uh, earlier in the season he had a few points uh, come across the score sheet for him uh, I got a feeling uh, just after tonight good vibes hockey guys are going to reward him for uh, clearing that puck out of Subban's crease uh, in crunch time so you got a um, prediction on this one uh, prediction for this game um, I will go with the Blackhawks 3-2 winner in regulation I, I like that there there is some momentum going here uh, we're, we're close Johnny the win streak. Yeah. The win streak we just talked about on our last show. What's a win streak, Johnny? <laughs> we won a game two days ago. Yeah. We won a game tonight. We win one tomorrow. 
That's called a winning streak. We're we're close. We're close right now. Let's 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 complete that. I, I actually really like that three two victory. Uh, I, I might be looking at another overtime game. Uh, this this Blackhawks team mm. uh, so yeah, far it, it it seems to lack a little bit of the uh, put the put the opponent away in regulation. I think that that's another stepping I, stone that we're going to have to get towards. I think Thursday night was a good. First step, but there needs to be a few more yeah. before you're running. You're yeah. still walking right yeah. now. In that. We, we need to we need to get to the point where we've got some of that uh, that uh, step on their throat mentality and then put them out. But um, we'll get there. But I, th- you, I think I, we'll get there. I think I go with regulation because Kevin Lankinen will be back in. Next. Yes, he, he had his mental break today. Colin Dahlia was the backup. Uh, Kevin Lankinen technically a healthy scratch today. Obviously, Dahlia just rode the bench. Um, you know, just sitting there. Enjoying the company of the guys. Uh, had a Super Bowl Sunday here. But uh, Kevin Lankin will most likely be back in net. He is the hot hand, no doubt. Uh, Blackhawks has gotten points in pretty much uh, every game that he's played in, minus one or two here. Yeah. So um, I feel a lot more confident with him. And, you know, I gave my award cool and tough to Subban today. And that was it. It's a gutsy performance. But hey, even some of the, you know, he had some minor fuck ups that were a little bit, you know, stuff you wouldn't see from Kevin Lankin. Yeah. So I like the uh, assurance a little bit more. And, um, you know, Patrick Kane didn't score today. He's bound to on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, still on the score sheet, though. So, I mean, Patrick yeah, Kane. I'm, talk, I'm talking pot and goals, man. You can't go too too much longer than, no. you know, a couple games with Patrick Kane. I know he got one on Thursday night, but still. So that's just where I sit with it. So um, that wraps it up for this uh, Super Sunday edition of the Four Feathers postgame show. Once again, Blackhawks defeat the Stars 2-1 to one in overtime. Alex Dabrinkit scoring both goals for the Hawks. Uh, hey, Tony, this has been a lot of fun to do with you, man. Um, Let's wrap this thing up with these three magic words. Let's go Hawks. Go Hawks.